morning, all. So, if you missed the uh, the Bible study in Baldwin last night, then you are clearly not on the A list. <laughs> Just kidding. That or you you live too far away, or you had the good sense to get a good night's sleep. I had none of those. My children were begging to stay and watch this movie that uh, some of the ladies were going to watch. And uh, Jeremy fell asleep on the way home. And I was like, and you wanted to stay for another two hours and watch a movie? Like, see? But that was a blessing getting together with everybody and and sharing the word and to hear everybody's uh, thoughts and experiences on the stuff that we were talking about. And, and, uh, and of course, that, that grand fellowship that always happens after church, which is why I'm, I always go home late and don't get any sleep. So, so Jesus, we thank you for your word to us and your, your goodness and your love. And uh, we just pray you speak to us today with your word that you'd prepare it with the fire of the Holy Ghost and do in us uh, as only you can. Exactly what you would do is what we want, and nothing more, nothing less. We just praise your name. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. It's great how God gets the stuff done. I uh I got these uh this book the other day called uh, Tozer Speaks and it's all these like little two page little things of uh where he talks about this subject and that and you know, he said an interesting thing that uh like the moment a, a psychologist can explain what happened to you, then you have been defrocked because when God comes in and births a new man inside of you, it's not something that you can just explain away, not something that you can just label with some sort of psychological thing. So I liked that because, because after all, our, what we're counting on is, is God getting the stuff done in our life and, and not us, which is always such a relief. You know, so, you know, when you look at your neighbor, I mean yourself, and you're thinking, man, I hope they get there someday. I mean, I hope I get there someday. Your confidence is in them. You know, how many of you remember that Don Francisco song, Everybody Else But Me? <laughs> like, I sure wish Joe had been there that day because he really needed to hear it, you know. It's like, well, you know, get out your mirror. All right. So, again, for everybody that was... uh uh, involved in last night, go with me to Colossians. So, uh, Heidi assigned us Colossians to study up and bring next week. And so I thought I would cheat <laughs> because I have the talking stick this morning. So I know how this stuff works. Well, it was a blessing, though, last night, you know, because, uh, um, you know, I, you know, I like to talk. I like the melodious sound of my own voice. And uh, <laughs> thanks, Bobby. And I, I really didn't want to take over the thing once Heidi opened it up for anybody to say anything. But you know, when you're all just sitting there silently and awkward, waiting for somebody to say something. I've always been one of those, I'll just sit here and let somebody else say something type of people, but uh, I felt like uh, 
felt pretty comfortable with the subject, so I decided I was just going to dive in there and talk about it. And uh, I thought, because if nobody says anything now, then this Bible study might be over in five minutes. So, uh, so let's talk about this. So had a good time. And then actually I, I already had something out of Colossians, so I'm not really cheating too mad. But if anybody brings this up Saturday night in Baldwin, then I will know that you were simply taking notes and regurgitating it on Saturday evening. Just just kidding. So, um, in Colossians 1... Um, where do you start? I know what you're thinking. Uh huh. Um, how about 15? Because what I want to talk about a little bit is, you know, we've been talking about perfection. We've been talking about surrender, and and how they're all inextricably linked. And and how the the power that gets the stuff done is is God, and and it's that moment of surrender that and really those moments of surrender that that give God room to do things and and to move forward on this uh, this path that He has for your life. And and so I was thinking about that how how plain it is in in the New Testament what God. Uh, wants for his people, what he intends for the church to be like, what he what he intends for the finished project to be like, and how people, you know, how the church has taken it and made it where that would be presumption to expect that, or to, to say that God could do that, or, or to say that he couldn't do that, or wouldn't do that. And, uh, and I was just, I was reading through some of these scriptures yesterday and just marveling that we could ever come to that conclusion. When, as they say, it's right here in black and white. So, so in, in 15, he says, Who is the image? We're talking about Jesus. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? And we've talked about this before, but I love that word image. It's where we get the English word icon. And, and so it means image or likeness. Uh, Similitude, um, but it's not just uh, an image in the sense of uh, a reproduction of something. Uh, it it actually contains uh, the very nature of the thing that it looks like. So a, a good example of that would be Jeremy. He looks just like me. You've seen the picture on my phone of him standing in front of my my work van wearing the aviators. It's like looking into a time machine. But he he looks just like me, and and in fact came from me to some degree, and so so he looks just like me. But uh, he not only does he look like me, but he actually contains a part of my nature. And so and so that's what this word image is talking about. This this icon. And so it says that he's the image of the invisible God. And another great thing about that is uh, that everything that we 
have taken from uh, the Old Testament, you could easily read through there and misunderstand what people have misunderstood uh, what God was all about, what His heart was like, and what His personality was because because Israel continually pushed against the the bounds that that God set for them, the expectation He set for them in relationship. And so that relationship fell apart, and as any relationship would if, if you were to do that with it. Um, and of course, you know, you, you see the, the thunder and the lightning on Sinai, and it's, it, you know, kind of make you a bit anxious. But um, this image of the invisible God then, so he, he, is, he is what God is, if you could just look at him. Like uh, one of the brothers last night said that he he wished that he could just sit down with God right there across the table from him and have a cup of coffee and just talk about stuff. And it's, and you can. It's, I know what he means, and I'm totally on board with that. But but the 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 reality is you really can. And and so uh, you know once uh, I had this went through this period of just wrestling with trying to pray and and uh as as we all do and one one day before service we were all tuned up and everything and uh somebody suggested that we that the musicians up on the stage pray together before we started the service and uh I happened to be the oldest person up there and was thus appointed and uh rather than do the awkward, no, no, man, you go ahead, it was your idea. I thought, okay, fine. <laughs> so I just did. And uh, and it was interesting because I felt more uh, of this sense of, of real communication between me and God in that moment praying with, with all the musicians than I, did, than I did all this time praying at home. And I asked Ron, why is that? He's like, well, you're praying with other people. You're aware that someone is listening. And he's like, so that's the thing that you sh- that you should have in your prayer closet alone is that awareness that someone is listening because he is listening. But but like the brother said last night, it doesn't always feel like it because you can't see him, you can't look across the table and there he is with his croissant, you know. So or his donut. So depending on you know which side of the Atlantic you're on. Uh, but uh, so the image of the invisible God, this everything that God is, and 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 that's exactly what Israel ran into when when Jesus came, because even John expected somebody a little rougher around the edges than what they got, you know. And Jesus was really only rough around the edges with the uh, holier than thou art religious elite type, you know. Like I don't think it was one of the Pharisees at the temple that wrote "Gentle Jesus, meek and mild," but um, but but he the, he had this zeal for the cause of of God, and and he wasn't he wasn't about to put up with that kind of stuff making making God some sort of merchandise because you you can't you can't buy and sell relationship with God, which is is what they had done. So then that everything that God is, uh, He is. Everything that you couldn't see 
now you can see it. There he is. And, uh, you know, you think about the woman caught in adultery. Surely she would think, you know, if I could stand in front of God and see him, I, I would be in, in trouble. And, and yet this image of the invisible God says, well, I'm, I'm going to set you free from this. You know, I'm going to pay for it, but I'm going to set you free from it. So that's, so that's this Jesus that we're talking about. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him are all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. He's before all things, and by Him all things consist. That's a lot of alls. Well, and that, that's a lot of big, heady stuff that he's just above all of it. Now, Matt, you're too old for the Sunday school. <laughs> you need to stay out here, buddy. <laughs> just kidding. See, it's so great to have people that you can pick on, and they're a good sport about it. I know it's such a relief for Ron to have John here when he's here, you know, because everybody, you know, here that has a healthy fear of God, it's when Ron, like, tries to joke around with them, they just kind of, like, oh dear, you know, but John just takes it and he's like, yeah, okay, great, thanks for that, so I love that and I know Ron does too, so it's great to have somebody to pick on. I didn't have a brother growing up, so. so. Well, I mean, I suppose I did. You know, I mean, he just didn't live at my house, but. So, he's before all things, and by him all things consist. And he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So, he's the firstborn of every creature, you know, first in, in uh, order. Numerically, also first in uh, honor, first in glory. So he's the firstborn of, of every creature, and he's the firstborn from the dead because he was the he was that first fruits of of the, the resurrection. And it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, made a minister. So stick your finger there. We're going to come back to this in a minute. We'll talk about that some more. But uh, go with me to Romans chapter eight. You know, as as we have this, um, you know, here we are talking about the firstborn, which is not really what I had intended to key on necessarily, but um, what am I looking for? Okay, in uh, eight twenty nine. For whom he did foreknow, them he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image. There's that word image again. Same word from Colossians. 
conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we have this firstborn of creation, this firstborn from the dead, and now we're talking about a firstborn among many brethren. And so somehow the the church has concluded that uh, that we'll always live in sin or that there will always be that that sin there. There will always be uh, you know, errors in the church or falsehood or lies, whatever you want to call them. Um, and yet... Uh, Yet here in Romans 8.29, he says that Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. So, uh, does he expect us to be the the uh, developmentally challenged little brother? Or or does he expect us to be... Thank you. Yes. He's trying to think of the most politically correct way to say that. Um, you know, or does he expect us to be conformed to the image? Does he expect us to be a part of, of you know, him? Because that's what this, this image is about, this icon, is about having uh, him inside of you and, and coming into that likeness. And that's what this conforming is all about. You don't start out looking like that. You know, Jeremy came out looking like this wizened little old man, all red and wrinkly, and he looked old, even though he was like this tall. But... Uh, uh, and, you know, sometimes he looked more like Cynthia, sometimes he looked more like me, and now there's just really no denying which one of us he looks like. And, uh, but, but he, he has grown into that. And, and so, and so that's what happens to us, is we, we grow over a period of time into this image, the, this, uh, uh, in this presence of God being in us, this, uh, this, uh, impartation of his nature that that comes right at the very beginning uh, and but it doesn't you don't necessarily get up the next day and look in the mirror and see him it's you 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 get conformed into that and conforming something is is a really great thing and you all know where I'm going with that because you you typically have to apply heat and pressure sometimes um, blunt metal objects, sometimes sharp metal objects, to conform something to the image that you want it to be. And so God knows how to squeeze on you until your eyes bulge and, and get you where he would like you to be. And, and he knows how to bring you to a place where you're okay with that. Uh, you know, we talked about that last night, about having joy in these difficult moments that, you know, it's... I'd kind of rather not be in this spot, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here with you, so this this will be okay. So, so the firstborn among many brethren, then. So, so his expectation wasn't that he would be the only son of God, then, right? I mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying that we would be, you know, equal with him in all these preeminence because we couldn't be. You know, because he is the firstborn of all creation, and 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 he is over all things. But but he intended for us to to share in that uh, that that glory and that power that that he had because of the the spirit of God, not because of his flesh. And so he's put that same thing in you. So go back with me to Colossians. You know, in 19 it says, "It pleased the Father that in, in Him should all fullness dwell." So, how much 
does God want to dwell in you? How much space would He like to have? It would be the fullness, wouldn't it? And so how much of Him would He like to put in there? As much of it as He could possibly cram in there until you can't contain it anymore. And so that that's what He's after. And so how could you come to that place and still not have have this this perfection happen to you. You know, and, and it doesn't have anything to do with you doing something that, that brings that to pass. It's simply working with him on it. And 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 surrender. You know, sometimes surrender is not doing something. Sometimes surrender is doing something. You know, I when I was in high school I had this job for like three weeks where I answered the phone and it was noisy, and you'd get these people that they talk like this on the phone, and you're trying to listen over all this noise. And, and I was taking delivery orders for this pizza place that doesn't deliver to the whole town. And I didn't know what was, it's like some random address in, in a neighborhood. I don't know if that's in the area or not. I don't know where it is. I'm just putting it in there, and like, okay, and... So then the delivery drivers come back all huffy because they they took this pizza somewhere that was outside of the uh, delivery area, or I'd get somebody on the phone and they would they'd get all huffy because I'd ask them to repeat themselves and you know because I didn't understand what they said when they said lane. It's like I'm gonna say say that again. I mean, my bad. Um, you know, I I had people get huffy and hang up on me and okay. But I came away from that job really, really hating to talk on the phone. I, I Mike and I forever referred to it as the phone phobia. Like I I avoided talking on the phone uh even with people I was close to. Like I would rather just like you know, I kinda need to ask Mike about something, but I really don't want to call him. You know, I would just I would totally avoid it. So then God puts me in this place where he's like, Hey, how about you make five hundred phone calls? Literally. In a row. <laughs> to complete strangers who probably don't want to talk to you. Okay? <laughs> that, that's great. You know, but, but God knows how to stretch you out or compress you down to get you to fit into that mold. And, and so, you know, over just, you know, this last few weeks, God has just been changing all kinds of stuff in my life on the outside, and it's changing things on the inside. You know, I was the type of person that's like I would, I wouldn't go to some restaurant that I'd never been to if I wasn't going with somebody that had already been there because it's like, well, what if they, you know, what if it's weird? You know, what if they do things different? And it might, what if it's awkward? Or, you know, I mean, silly stuff like that. You know, and uh, um, I just kind of realized, well, what's the big deal? What's going to happen? You know, but I needed something to force me to deal with stuff like that. And I and you know, uh, Bobby talked last night about how he went through something really difficult. That some people would look at it and be like, "Really?" <laughs> but for him, it was like crawling on the desert through his face, or crawling through. You know, you get what I'm saying. And uh, so God knows how to do that <laughs> to all of us. Sorry, I'm, I'm tired this morning, but. Uh, uh, God knows how to pick out that thing in your life and and push on it a little bit. When I went to the doctor, the little doctor lady was all 
poking around on my wrist and you know asking does this hurt does this hurt moving it around having me push against her and all this stuff and she's squeezing on me she's like does this hurt and I was like no but if you push on that little bony thing there I will probably hit you in the face <laughs> so so uh so you know God knows what it is that he can push on not because he wants to hurt you but because he wants to help you and and which is after all why I went and sat in this uncomfortable room you know because they they take you away from the herd and break your spirit make you sit in that little room by yourself for a while and and uh soften you up in solitary before they come in and and then they tell you that your blood pressure is high and they don't like it and it's like well the, you know I had a pot and a half of coffee this morning I don't know if that matters um but you know but but I I'm there because I want them to help me and that's why they're there is to help me. So uh that's you know that's what God does. And so he knows how to get to just the right thing in your life individually because it's not this cookie cutter little pattern type thing. And and it's great how God does that. Um let's see where was I? Uh, he's the, the 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You know, what do you do with that if you feel like you could never come to a place of being perfect before God? How, how would you ever think that He could? He would because it says He would present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable. And it's like I mean, to be unreprovable is a is a great thing. Nobody could find fault with anything that you did. Um, and of course, you know we know that being perfect doesn't necessarily look perfect, but it's talking about being unblameable and unreprovable in whose sight? His sight. So that, you know, if if you if you are perfect in his sight, you're unreprovable in his sight, then it doesn't really make any difference if you don't look so perfect to other people. So so that's a grand grand thing. So you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now is he reconciled. I mean, how great is that? He crawled over all of your wickedness and 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 sin and uh, just your utter lack of knowledge of of who he was, of who he is, and how much he loves you. And and he just he crawled over all of your objections to reconcile you to himself. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So, being not moved away from the hope then, because we have an adversary that would like to move you away from the hope. Be like, well, you know, that's, you know. That's great for the guy in the next chair, but what about you? You know, like, well, sure, sister so and so's got all of her duckies in a row, but you know, what about you? 
like, well, my hope is is that he's going to present me holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight because he knows how to conform me to the image and and make me a part of that that brotherhood of of his that those uh, that are conformed to his image. In fact, I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, you have a a family it's not unusual for all the kids to look alike or at least look really close. I get people, they're always asking if Levi and Jeremy are twins, and they're over two years apart. And, and I mean, to me, I know them so well, they don't look that much alike to me. But, you know, and uh, uh, but they all came from that same image. And and so the and the uh, the characteristics are certainly there. So God, you know, He it's amazing how He could leave you you, He could leave the good stuff there, to some, you know, in some uh, way of thinking, way to say it, He uh, He leaves you who you are, and He gets rid of all the stuff, and and He and He makes you you, but better. Because you're you and him now, and and so uh, you know you talk about having a, your better half. It's like, well, here's my better half. You know, be the inside man. Um, so, who now rejoice in my say where have I Paul made a minister? Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I made a minister, according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and generations, but now is made excuse me, manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. I, just, I read that and I just sat back and I thought, I've read that a thousand times. But he just said that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, and he's and he's talking about about this fivefold ministry, because uh, well, I'll just read it. You you know what I'm going to read. You could probably say it along with me. In four twelve, he says, uh, well, in eleven he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4. Yep. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. 
So, so then, so Paul says, I'm a part of this ministry. That this is my job. God has has opened up this uh, mystery that that down through the ages people have longed to see that uh, uh, that that Christ wants to live in you. And and so it's it's no it's no more of this rules on the outside it's no more do this don't do that it's it's a new man and the bible says that um if any man is in Christ Jesus he's a new creature the old things are passed away and all things are become new and if any man is born of god then he cannot sin because the seed remains in him because that which is born of god cannot sin so so we have that inside and so the the church as a whole has lost sight of this inside man and and they uh they look at christianity as some sort of mental assent to what the bible says when it's not that it's a new creation it's a new birth in on the inside of of this seed this christ in you the hope of glory because you could never you could never achieve this being presented perfect. You could never get presented perfect in Christ Jesus without that seed inside. And so, so he says, "Hey, this is this is our job. We preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus." So he's teaching them then, bringing the the word of God to bear, because that is really the thing, is, is the Word of God and the, the Spirit of God doing the things. You know, Ron's talked a lot about how the, the real work of the ministry is, is not here in service, as it's, it's in the prayer closet throughout the week. And, and so, and that's what the, the fivefold ministry does, and that's how, how they get into this place of warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, and, and getting that stuff done. Uh, because it's it's not even really not even the ministry that's getting it done. It's God that's getting it done. Because you know that's the thing that God has been saying is um, we're going to come down to surrender on things. We're going to come to a, a full surrender of uh, uh, letting Him nail us to the cross. Because after all, you could nail your feet on in one hand, but you'd still have one hand free. And so somebody's going to have to do that for you. And as much as your neighbor would like to, most likely, well, but no, because they're on their way to being perfect too. Uh, you know, we have to submit to letting God do that. Just like Isaac let Abraham tie him down, put him on the altar. It doesn't say he had to wrestle him down and, and get him up there. He just tied him up and put him up there because he trusted his father. And so that's that's what we do. But God's been very careful to 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 make it plain that you know you're 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 coming to this place. It's not a bad place. It's not a scary place. It feels scary to your flesh because your flesh goes kicking and screaming. But but what about me? Uh, and God says, yeah. What about you? <laughs> like, well, you died. You know and. Um, but you know he knows the he knows the desires of your heart and and he does indeed 
you know, bless your life coming in and going out. You know, he blesses you with spiritual blessings. He blesses you with physical things because because he's a he's a great God. But but he's been very careful to make it plain. He's like, this is something that I am going to do. He's like, all I'm asking you to do is agree to it. You know, when you uh, you know when you are going to have some sort of service performed. When I go to do an estimate, um, the customer is not going to paint the house. The guys are going to paint the house. Um, so, but they sign on the dotted line. Yes, I agree to have this done. I agree to pay the price to have this done. You know, and and the the paying of the price is that surrender to him because it it can be costly to your flesh. It will be costly to your flesh. But the uh, you know, but to your spirit it's not such a big deal because that's what your spirit's after. That's why we have no Garden of Gethsemane in the Book of John. He just kind of sailed right through there. And 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 love mitigates cost. You know, when when you love somebody, it's I, I would do that. That's no big deal. I could do that. And, uh, you know, I was watching this show once, and they're doing the, the wedding vows, like, for, for uh, better, for worse. And the groom says, for better, please. And I'm like, yes, yes, I, I like that. But, but it, you know, the correct answer would be, I do, or I will, you know, because for better or worse, when, when you love somebody, not every day is all wonderful and, and grand. You know, there there are days that are just stuff. You know, and I, I watched this this movie once about this couple that they had this great relationship and they get married and they go on this honeymoon and everything you could imagine and things you would never have thought of go wrong on their honeymoon and it's just this. Disaster! They're, they come home from their honeymoon ready to get a divorce, and and the guy goes and talks to his dad, uh, and uh, and he's looking at pictures with his dad of uh, of his dad and, and his mom, and she's gone, and uh, they're looking through these pictures, and he's like, you know, I'm sorry that you went through this really crummy experience, but. There's lots of boring days and there's lots of hard days in between each one of these little happy, smiling pictures. And so you can't have one without the other. And so so God knows how to do that very thing. And that's one of the things that we talked about last night was, you know, we can go through difficult things and and we can... Uh, we can just grit our teeth and think, okay, I can just, I got to do this, I got to pay my dues or or we can uh we can go to the prayer closet and we can get a bottle of wine and go through it with joy and uh uh and that that's so that's what we do because after all I said it's for a sorrowful heart so so going and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and 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 getting that that joy that brings you through through those difficult places it's way better than going through them long-faced and miserable. And and there are times you'll probably just feel long-faced and miserable. But, uh, you know, all the more reason to go back to the prayer closet, to get back in the Word and, and do those things because what you're looking for and what you're after is the presence of God ministering to you and, and bringing that joy to you. So...
So it's an interesting thing. I, you know, I just I was thinking yesterday about how how on earth did the the church come to this conclusion that you know that we could never never be like Jesus when the Bible spells out clearly. That's my intention for you is to be like Him. Like this is my this is my die, and now I'm going to stamp you with it and and conform you to it because you're going to be like that. And not only that, I'm going to put my nature in you so it's not just an outside thing where you sort of look like it, but inside you're still mean. I'm going to make it where you're like this inside and out. So I appreciate that God does that because that's way better than uh, church being a uh, a self-help social group. You know, because that would be lame. So, Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. Uh, we thank you for this uh, intention that you have spelled out for us of what you intend for our lives to be. And, and God, I just receive it. God, just like Mary said when the angel came, there was no way that she could make herself with child but the Holy Ghost. God, but you said that it was going to happen to her. And she said, so be it unto me. And God, so... These things that you're talking about are not things that we could accomplish. You're talking about things that you're going to accomplish. And so just like Mary, I say, so be it unto me. And so, God, I just I pray for your church to have that uh, faith from you to reach up and take hold of these things and to walk in, in this place of uh, exactly what you intend. And we pray it and ask it in your name. God, we just receive these things to ourselves. God, plant it deep inside. God, cause it to grow. Cause it to bear fruit. Lord God, to, to be that very proof of the things that You're doing inside of us. God, where we can look back at our life and and see what You've done and, and see the changes that You've made and, and look back along the road and, and see places where we have become more and more conformed to Your image. And we just praise You. We glorify You. We just pray for your perfect will in this place today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.